Hi, everybody, and welcome to Brokerage Insider, the podcast where we interview the leaders in real estate and technology. I'm your host, Eric Stegeman. I'm the CEO of Trivis. We're one of the largest independent prop tech companies in real estate, provider of custom brokerage technology to medium and large-sized brokerages in the United States, Canada, and around the world. In addition, I'm the managing partner for Tribus Capital. We're a private equity fund focused on the prop tech industry. On today's episode, we have Greg Burns. Greg is the co-founder and CEO of Drop Offer, a company that if you were at the Inman conference recently, you probably saw all over the place. It's an app that helps dial you into off-market listings. And we'll learn more about how that happens because I'm sure our listeners will be intrigued uh, by that lead-in. On top of being the CEO of Drop Offer, Greg's a licensed realtor with Compass and previously had his license with Sotheby's and Elite Pacific Properties. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Eric, it is so great to be here with you and your listeners. Well, let's dive in. And, and first of all, I'd like to know, I, and I always ask people that have been in the industry for a while, and it definitely seemed like you've been in the real estate uh, brokerage uh, industry for a while. What got you into real estate? <laughs> Yeah, I've always loved architecture. I remember when I was a young child, just drawing floor plans and kind of building my dream house. And that actually evolved into uh, a bit of a career in construction. I was a project manager for an ultra high-end builder. And I really got to know what it took to build these homes. Uh, and granted, I was pushing the pencil. I wasn't necessarily, you know, swinging and hammer, but I understood the value of each nail. I understood the finished detail that goes into all these homes. And you would slave, you know, you would, let's put it this way, you'd spend months and months and months building these homes. And at the end of the day, I just will never forget where a real estate agent would come in, spend about 30 days, you know, marketing it and ultimately selling it and making like three times as much money as I did for this, these efforts that we were doing to build these homes. So I quickly realized like, oh, maybe I'm at the wrong part of this transaction. And I quickly went and got my real estate license and leveraged my, my knowledge about these homes, especially in the high-end world to, you know, jump kind of feet first into the uh, ultra high-end uh, real estate world and quickly kind of rise to the top because I was able to explain this the golden thread, right? What went into some of these really special homes? And it was, it was really a great, it was an added tool for me when I'm going to listing presentations to be able to start firing off all these finishes and the details that went into these homes before the homeowner would even go and, you know, start explaining, explaining some of these, these finishes that went into these homes. And that really allowed me to pick up listings quickly and you know, start selling some of these really beautiful, beautiful homes. And it, it quickly led to this ability to establish myself as an agent and then move on. And we started establishing ourselves as brokerages. And that was first as a small company, you know, small company called Elite Pacific. And then ultimately led in, led to the ability to bring Compass Hawaii over here, which has been, been nothing short of fantastic. And, and so obviously you're an agent with Compass, which, yes. you know, I, I will say we have a, probably about half of our listeners are, are intrigued and w would like to, to dig into that more than we probably will today. And other <laughs> half of our listeners are like, gosh, darn it, Compass that are out there. So what, you know, I have to ask the question of uh, what was it that drew you to Compass and said, hey, let's, let's launch it here in Hawaii. There, there were a couple of reasons, but 
let's just start at the top. Like we were interviewing other companies to come over here um, because we, I had a team that was prepared to make a big move. And at the end of the day, you know, after meeting Robert Refkin and just seeing how from, again, from the top down, what a genuine individual he was, how hardworking of a man he was to get the company to where it is today, you know, meant a lot. And then to obviously see the impact that they were doing on the mainland was very obvious to us here in the islands. One thing that we also realized too is we were probably the number one sought after referral market for Compass. So there was an opportunity that existed there for us to get uh, you know, that referral pipeline moving rather quickly. So it was, it was with all those combined with the fact that Hawaii real estate and the way we market here is like going back in time. And I always used to, you know, take the advantage of or utilize the fact of jumping on an airplane and going to events like Inman, I would be able to bring back knowledge here that people really thought it was all my kind of inception, but it is in fact, you know, just myself traveling to the mainland and learning more about it. But that being said, what Compass was able to do was bring a lot of this technology that was you know, more common on the mainland but quite revolutionary over here to really impress a lot of the client, or I'm sorry, the agents here to understand that technology really is here to help you be more efficient and more successful. And so Compass was a great platform uh, for that because the tech tools do exist, especially for, like I said, for agents here in Hawaii. I, I mean, it was, uh, there was an extreme advantage with some of the tech that was being provided. Yeah, it seems like uh, Hawaii, like a few places around, it's it's you know always a little slow to adopt everything. It seems like it takes uh, an extra few years to to cross the ocean uh, and get down <laughs> to you guys, right? That's exactly it. You know that that's exactly it. But you can you can take advantage of that, right? And that was something that really helped me out as an agent, as I realized that quickly. So I would go over there, and I'll never forget, you know, going to Inman events, and I'd wear like a Hawaiian men's leg. And people would immediately ask about it. And I get to immediately talk about Hawaii. And by the end of the event, I'd be, you know, Mr. Hawaii. And that's irreplaceable when it comes to, you know, referrals and marketing. For sure. And and it sounds like that was a huge opportunity for you to bring bring Compass over there because I'm sure they wanted com- uh, Compass uh, division to be able to send people over to. So it sounded like that was a, a huge win and, and definitely part of it. And and I've got to ask too about the pandemic. Mm. It seems like you guys were locked down, but then it kind of opened up and it seemed like the floodgates opened with people wanting to buy properties in Hawaii. Is that is that accurate? Oh, you're absolutely on point with that. You know, it's it was really an interesting time in real estate over here in Hawaii. We when the, when the pandemic first hit, we were terrified, frankly. You know, we thought that nobody was going anywhere and everybody was just going to stay put. We, we quickly realized what happened was that, yes, people had to stay home and work from home, but where home was became more irrelevant. And what we saw was this, this massive shift of West Coast markets mostly. Let's call it like Denver West realize that, hey, you know what, I can work and live in Hawaii. And there will be no issue with that from my employer, or, you know, from, from peers or whatever it might be, they realize that it's it's possible now. And with, you know, even if with young children, they, they had some great schools here that could be considered as options that were actually stayed open. So many of our private schools didn't close. So an example would be like, my 
the school that my children go to started about a year and a half, well, sorry, about a year and a half ago had about 150 kids total. Pre or post pandemic, we're now over 300 kids. So it's doubled in its size because we had this really a, a mass movement of, of families that are willing to live here in Hawaii and work here from Hawaii and raise a family here in Hawaii. Now that might not be, you know, their forever plan, but for the next several years, they realize it's doable. And, you know, they're, they're really, their families are excelling over here. It's a great lifestyle for, for their, for everybody in the family, frankly. Yeah, it certainly seems. And, and, and frankly, I did the same thing. I bought a, a place in, at a beach when right. the pandemic hit. Because I said, hey, look, this isn't going to be two weeks like everybody was initially talking about, you know, where do I want to spend the next year of my life at? And I said, you know, let's let's go to the beach because at least on the beach you can walk and do whatever, you know, whatever you want to outside as opposed to, you know, in a big city where everything was locked down. And in fact, in in two of the cities where Tribus has offices, Chicago and Denver, things, even restaurants were closed down until into 2021 where all you could do was delivery. And I think I would have gone stir crazy. And <laughs> if I had I had to have done that for, for a year where I couldn't get out of the house, couldn't do anything, et cetera. And it seems like Hawaii offered that, that great opportunity. And, and certainly it looks like real estate was, was a big winner, a, a good choice for people to make during the pandemic. Right. No question. And you got to keep in mind too, with the focus being Denver over as our main driver of the market this last year and a half, like a lot of a lot of those buyers were looking at Hawaii real estate and looking at it as actually an inexpensive. Now, granted, we can't say that for the whole country, but a lot of these Californians, you know, Washingtonians, let's say British Columbia, they were able to buy property here at what they would consider like a discount. So they did. They did just that. They came over. They bought a lot of our property here that were that was property that allowed like elbow room. It wasn't necessarily like vacation rentable property or condos. It was the property that gave them some acreage, you know, gave them the ability to kind of wander their own property and not bump into anybody's. So that, that is the product that did exceptionally well. We, we experienced a little bit of a kind of a, a, a slower rollout back to normality in, in the regard that Canada, which is one of our largest buying markets over here just was allowed to come back to Hawaii within the last couple of weeks. To me, that's the next rush that we're going to see in real estate here in Hawaii, likely to be that Canadian market looking at vacation rental properties, these condos, ones that actually can generate revenue. I think that's where we're going to see kind of this next push in our real estate market here. Yeah. And, and where I'm at in Florida kind of sounds pretty similar in that too, in that, you know, there's plenty of people that's snowbird down here right. and uh, the Canadians, it, the opening the border up, you know, certainly is coming at a time where, you know, Canadians can come down and, and spend time at, the, at their places. Many of them had places already in Florida and they couldn't even access it and were stuck uh, with this asset. And now they at least get to enjoy it. And who knows, right. you know, they bring, bring, tourism dollars and, and everything like that to, to Florida and, and of course to uh, Hawaii yeah, as well. Very, but you, very similar, very similar stories in that regard. You get a lot from Asia too, though, don't you? We do, depending on the island though. So Oahu tends to have really the, the most of the Asian market uh, appeal. A lot of that is because Oahu 
which is where Waikiki is, market to them and make it much easier for them to uh, enjoy their time there. And what I mean by that is the Japanese, as an example, many of them don't have driver's licenses. So renting cars over here is practically impossible for them to do. So a lot of the outer islands don't cater to that. Whereas on Oahu, they have uh, the actual Japanese board of tourism has have their own buses that drive around. And so it makes their experience there much more enjoyable. So we certainly see the, 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 the I would say most of the Asian market still gravitating towards Oahu where Maui is very much a, when it comes to international buyers, we're very strong with the Canadian buyers. And then, you know, some of the other islands like Kauai and the big island, those do very well with like high net worth mainland U.S. buyers. So that's where Larry Ellison and uh, Mark Zuckerberg are fighting over their massive multi-hundred million dollar properties, right? Well, so it's interesting. Yeah. So Ellison bought the island, about 97% of the island of Lanai, which sits just outside. You, you look at it when you're here on Maui. And he's turned what was, you know, kind of a, a little sleepy retreat resort for locals into, you know, ultra exclusive getaway for, for the high net worth uh, individuals. Well, okay. I could sit here and talk about Hawaii real estate. And I think lots of folks <laughs> probably could sit there and talk about Hawaii real estate all day and be very interested in it. But call Greg if you have a referral. I'm sure he'd appreciate your <laughs> Happy referral. to help. Happy to help. But let's talk about your new startup. So Drop Offer. Drop Offer was founded earlier this year, if I I remember correctly, yes? Actually, the prior, year prior. Year prior. Okay, so 2020. So here here you are in Hawaii, and I'm sure even in 2020 and even 2021, the big problem that every agent had was there was no inventory, right? So Greg and a co-founder get the idea to go, and I think the language you use is unlock the off-market inventory, right? Yeah, um, we turn the off-market on is kind of is is our tagline. It. Yeah. So so tell me, give give me the give me. So let's start with the fifty thousand foot view of what Drop Offer <laughs> does, and then yeah. let's let's dial it in. Yeah. So you know, again, so Drop Offer does just that. We turn the off-market on. We allow agents and their clients to submit offers directly to off-market homeowners through multiple delivery methods, one being smart postcard, also offering targeted web ads, as well as emails. So what we're doing is we're opening up inventory. You know, to really just take it back to where it began from was myself walking down the streets and door knocking on behalf of my clients. I had buyers that were willing to spend top dollar if I could just find them inventory. And this frankly was pre-pandemic, right? This has always been an issue for the most part. And so I was I was literally going, knocking on doors, seeing if there was any interest by these homeowners. And although I wouldn't certainly wasn't batting a thousand, I was definitely having success in doing so. But the amount of time, Eric, that it took was like exhausting. I would spend, you know, all day and get to just get a response. And so I knew that there just had to be a better way. Like I said, A, I knew it was a, success, a successful method to generate sales. I just knew it took a lot of time to do that. So with tech and understanding the process, because I was doing it so often, I was uh, introduced to my co-founder, Kamani Clark. 
And together with his background in intellectual property, as well as computer science, you know, we devised a system that what used to take me like really days to do is now can be done in a matter of minutes. And it still has this impact on that homeowner to really stop, make them think about, yeah, you know what? I have been thinking about selling my house and here's a quick private way to do it. Uh, I'm listening. And so it's really taking those pain points that I had as an agent, realizing that there was, I'm not the only one with these pain points and developing technology around it that allowed the agent to be much more efficient with his time. And at the end of the day, make more dollars per hour. But that's not the only thing that's important. One of the, I think the, the big things for agents now is, and I've mentioned this before, but it's to be that trusted advisor. And there's no better way to be a trusted advisor than if you're educating your clients. And so to be able to provide inventory that they did not know of, you are becoming that educator again, which as an agent in the last 15 years, we've really lost a lot of that power of education. And so to be able to bring that back, have your clients really appreciate what you're doing for them, you get back into that role of trusted advisor. And that is that's probably the most powerful position for an agent. For sure. So so obviously, based upon kind of what you're saying, though, it begs the question of how is the, you know, door knocking creates that connection. Door knocking creates the, you know, it's hard to, to it's, it's hard to disengage from somebody once you've opened the door, right? Like I get people that come mm-hmm. to my door every day, uh, not every day, but once a week at least trying to sell me solar for my house. And, you know, it's, it's tough to say, get off my lawn, (laughs) Um, you know? So you, you engage with them for 20 or 30 seconds. And if there's any interest there, you know, if they're good at what they do, they'll, they'll, you know, try to pull it out of you and extend a 30 second connection into, you know, maybe half an hour connection, right? right? When you send postcards or mail or ads or anything like that, you can't quite get that level of connection. And in fact, you know, what I see frequently, and this happens all the time in the, in the, in a space that it's, it's just a little, it's, I've never seen any agent be able to to do this without feeling scummy is the death market. You know what I'm saying? Like when yeah, somebody yeah. dies trying to yeah. connect with their with their loved ones to, yes. to, to do that. When my mom passed away last year and I still got from a, K- a KW agent up until about two months ago, every week or two, I would get a letter asking to buy the house mm. uh, even though I had sold it uh, to a family friend long ago, right? Interesting, but, yeah. But yeah. how do you make that connection where it's not just, you know, thrown away or not paid attention to? What is it about drop offer that narrows it down or connects with the, the potential seller and gets them to be more interested than just these random letters and broadcasting that's done traditionally in, in, in the way of getting listings? One of the things that we've done because we we understood the same thing you lose that connection that face-to-face connection when you bring tech into this process but what we're able to do is we kind of bring back or we pause that that homeowner's process of like throwing the postcard into the trash or not clicking on any of our uh, ads is we're actually utilizing the image of your home and it, it causes pause and you know it, it brings intrigue 
And so with that and proper messaging, you know, we're, we're confident that our, our delivery systems will have a high impact on these homeowners. And the, the, the great thing is, is, you know, we're not putting them in kind of that odd position that you had mentioned before. You know, it gives them the opportunity to really consider that, hey, here's a way I can sell privately uh, and oftentimes, you know, for more money or certainly saving money. But it is it is a way for that homeowner to to still how should I put this to still be able to sell a property with but however without having to have the the stress and the time of actually listing on market. So that might not be for everybody, but that there is certainly a, a very real market out there for that type of homeowner, and they they'll they'll listen to our campaigns. You know, I would, I'll tell you to bring it all back is really that imagery is, is pretty powerful. So, you know, part of me from the language you're using, and, and this uh, episode is being recorded just a couple of days after Zillow announced that they would no longer be doing their iBuyer service. Yes. Part of what you're saying, though, is you're kind of presenting the same value proposition that that Zillow did with, with Zillow offers, it's, it sounds like, or maybe I'm understanding incorrectly. And I think what you're seeing, I guess where you're misunderstanding is Zillow's coming in, they tend to come in with aggressive offers, right? They have to sit there and make their margins on top of all of that, put it back on the market and you know, try to stay in business. Whereas we're, we're coming to you as a homeowner with a, a real buyer that is willing to pay to get what he wants. And so you, you're right in the in the thought that we're as about as top of funnel as you can get, which you know the i buyers were really trying to get to that top of funnel. But we're we're bringing in a real buyer, not just you know anybody looking for a house. We're looking we bring in somebody that's looking for somebody or for your house, and so there is a big difference between us and the i buyer. But how do you connect through, I guess you're in this interesting space uh, where you really legitimately have people, right? But I think people are so used to the, the what is, the, there's one coach that's in real estate that tr- that pushes the idea of the uh, the legal pad letter. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, I don't, no. Uh, so it's, you know, it looks like it's handwritten. Oh, yes. Uh, but yes. it and it's on like legal paper and it's kind of folded up looking like a hand person folded it up and put it in an envelope and said, I have a buyer for your property. Please call me immediately. But of course, when you do, that person doesn't really have a buyer. How do you make your without getting into, I'm sure what makes drop off or super unique and special and, and different over anybody else out there? But how do you make your connection with the consumer to to be more authentic overt and authentic yeah exactly absolutely you know so it's really the way our system works so an agent is out there searching for property and once they find property that seems that matches their client's criteria they're sharing it with that client and it's actually the client that's pressing the drop offer button so once a client gives us the thumbs up or the thumbs down or actually presses the drop offer button that's where the campaign starts so the idea was to have that button in the actual buyer's hands so that they're the ones triggering it. So it's not necessarily able to be, you know, for lack of better words, hacked, right? Or just over abused. So we're trying to, our whole intent is to bring as much legitimacy to our offers as possible. And that was one of the reasons that we developed the system in, in that way. 
So then, you know, how do you prevent the agent essentially? Because, you know, you also sell your product to agents, not just investors or buyers or things like that that are out there. Yes. But how, when you, when you give it to the agent, how do you prevent them from going in and, you know, scamming the system for lack of a better term, where they say, oh, I've got buyers for every property in the entire zip code? So well, a lot of it is we're we're just relying on agents to you know be as trustworthy as possible on our platform, and I agree. You know, I understand that that's not going to happen all the time, but we try to eliminate that as much as possible by having that again that drop off or button in the hands of a real buyer. So in, in theory, an agent would have to go invite themselves, just go through a, a, an arduous process to try to replicate having a real buyer when you're dropping an offer. And that, you know, is something that we were always concerned of. You know, we wanna, again, when when somebody sees a drop offer come to their mailbox or their inbox or on their screen, they, we want to make sure that they realize like this is a real buyer. Got it, okay. So, you know, then what the, the flow of course is, like okay, perfect example. Right now, let's let's use me as an example. Yep. My house that I live in right now, I sit and I have an absolutely beautiful lot that I got for a song because I bought it literally <laughs> in week three of the pandemic, and everybody thought the real estate market was going to crash. Hey, yay for data in that uh, yeah. our team identified and I said, look at this. We're actually, you know, yes, transactions are going down, but buyer demand is through the roof, and sure right. enough, it worked out. So across from me is the is the bay and it, it, you know that right there i currently out my front door i have a view of the water but only because the lot that sits across from me that is unbuilt upon that lot is has not been had it's not had any building now word is that there's a doctor that owns the property that lives you know 700 miles away and it's planned to be a retirement property for them once he or she retires i want to make an offer on that property uh, I would be interested in connecting with that person, but I don't know their information. I don't have any way of contacting them. And the the uh, county records show that it's in the name of a trust. So I go into drop offer and I say, I'm interested in buying this lot that you guys own. Your agent would, not uh, you necessarily. Okay. So walk me through the next few steps there. Yep. So let's say you have that lot that you're, you're, you're intrigued on wanting to know more about the homeowner and potentially dropping an offer on it. You know, at that point, what you're doing is you're reaching out to your agent and you're saying just that, hey, there's this lot across the street that I've been intrigued by. Like, what can you do to help me get this property? And that is when the agent's able to utilize the drop offer tool, find the homeowner information, share it with you. And not necessarily the homeowner information, but share the property and then share the some of the home data so that ultimately you can press the drop offer button and then it triggers our our delivery methods for the message. And that is a way, so it, again, it keeps the agent relevant because there might've been information that you weren't aware of that that agent can provide you as you're building up this offer. Like to the, your point of, you know, a construction project taking place over there, you, know, you would hope that your agent would have that knowledge and is being able to share that with you as you're you know, building this offer. So it, it, again, it's important to keep them in the transaction and that's where they would be still part of this transaction for you as the 
the buyer, you're still able to reach out, contact that, that, that homeowner, but you're, you still bring in your agent involved. So if something does come through and there is a response, your agent's there to assist you through the transaction. Gotcha. And, and so you charge the agent to utilize your system or are you charging the consumer? We charge the agent. And how does that pricing model work? So we have an $89 per month platform fee that provides you the access so that you're able to track all your offers that you have. Some, it just pro provides a very simple interface in that regard. And then you're about $5 per campaign for a property. So, and that, that changes depending on scale, but just as a baseline, uh, that what that includes is that custom postcard that's been delivered as well as targeted web ads, as well as the email that if we can find the email associated with that property, we, we send them the offer and, and through email as well. So all, all things considered, like if an agent was to try to rebuild any one of those campaigns, they'd be spending substantially more time and effort money to get it done. So we just simplify the process for them. And that, that $80 charge, that's a, is that the monthly fee that you guys charge? That is monthly fee, correct. Got it. And that would allow them to submit an unlimited number of connections with consumers and an unlimited number of offers. They just pay that per offer fee on top of that, that monthly charge, correct? That's right, Eric. Got it. Okay. Interesting. And we have some enterprise models as well, but you know, those are kind of customized based off of the... Interesting. Interesting. So, okay. So I, I think hopefully all of our listeners have a pretty good idea of what Drop Offer is and, and what it provides. But one thing I wanted to dig into, because we do have a chunk of our listeners that are in the you know tech space, yes. and some of them may be thinking, wow, Greg's in Hawaii. How has he hired up a whole bunch of developers and, and product people <laughs> and everything like that in Hawaii? But as we were chatting briefly before we started, I realized, wait a minute, you're not in Hawaii. You know, you're, you are physically in Hawaii, but it seems like your team is elsewhere, right? Frankly, our teams across the world, really. <laughs> and you know, that's the beauty of where we are these days with business and technology. I, I can do just that. And if you think about it, so a lot of our, our partners, I shouldn't say a lot, but we have some partners in Asia and to be in Hawaii actually is strategically perfect. I, I catch them right when they're waking up and it's not, you know, middle of the night for me here. But that being said, you know, our, our corporate headquarters is in Salt Lake City. It's a great place to grow a, a business. And you know, our, our developers are in Texas and LA, and they're really all over the country. It's, it's really fascinating to be able to utilize technology to bring a team together, even though we're around the world. You wouldn't know it. That's, that's one thing that's just so fascinating about where we are now and how we can build a, a really truly successful business that way. So, yeah, and that's certainly, I've seen plenty of, of other tech companies that have gone that direction, but you say your headquarters is based in, in Salt Lake city, you know, and there's been a conversation in the, uh, the tech world about the Silicon slopes. So was that <laughs> the impetus for being there is to, to connect up with developer opportunities that are in Salt Lake city, or is it something else? Well, that's certainly part of it. You know, cost of living in Salt Lake City, although it's gone up in these last couple of years, you know, it's still much more affordable than other, you know, tech-centric communities. And so to be able to hire in Salt Lake City and to be able to still pay so that they have a great lifestyle is something that's important to us. You know, there's, there's also tax benefits for having a business in Salt Lake City. For me, this is a little bit of a selfish perspective, but there's a direct flight from Maui to Salt Lake City that I can get there in four and a half hours and not really skip a beat with a red eye. 
So, you know, multiple factors help make our decision with Salt Lake City. We also have some partners and investors that are there. So it just was a perfect fit. We, we certainly considered other markets. We looked at Kirkland, Washington, looked at the LA area, but we're really happy with our decision in Salt Lake City. I think to your point, you know, the, the Silicon Slopes, there's, there's something very much to that. There, there's a lot of appeal for a lifestyle there that allows people to work hard and play hard. And that's really a lot of our motto internally. We really enjoy working very hard, but we certainly enjoy our time together and or outside of the office. So we, we actually try to do the exact same thing when we opened up an office in Denver. That was the original idea. And we opened yeah. up in Denver five years ago with the concept of, hey, Denver's you know a lot cheaper than Chicago. It seems like lots of developers are trying to move there. And we did all sorts of research and, and found that it was one of the top places to be able to hire for. But now, especially after 2020 and 2021, for, for uh, regular listeners of the show, you, you guys probably remember me interviewing the Denver Association of Realtors president or C, excuse me, CEO, Nobu. And I talked about this exact issue, which is, you know, something that greatly concerns me as a CEO of Tribus is that I have a big team of people out in Denver and many of them, you know, make great salaries and still cannot afford to buy a home because the starter home pricing in Denver has now gone above $500,000. And it's just very difficult to be able to, to afford something. And so we're always looking at where to go next or where to have you know more, more people at where they want to go to, where they can have a great quality of life, but at the same point that they you know can afford to, to participate in, in the, the whole concept of what we do on a daily basis, which is help people transact and, and own real estate, right? Yep. So yeah, it's it's certainly something to consider. But you know, you guys do remote, but it sounds like you do have some people that are based in in uh, Salt Lake City, right? We do, we do. And you know, if we ever need to all come together, that's where we will certainly do that. Is in our you know Salt Lake City offices. There, it's it's for all of us. It's a great. It's just very simple to get there. The city works well in its layout. You know, coming and going from the airport just works really well. And you know, it goes back to the, your point, you know, yes, the cost of living has certainly uh, increased in Salt Lake City. There's no question about that. But you look at the other markets that we were looking at, and those only have increased that much more too. And they were expensive to begin with. So we're still in a, you know, looking at markets that have, have a, a lower cost of living, but at, at the same time, you know, offer uh, an exciting lifestyle for for people that are you know w- involved with drop offer opening in Boise, Idaho, and then I don't know you know if, if uh, listeners have paid attention to Idaho, but but the city of Boise had a almost forty percent increase in home price this year, just absolutely crazy. It's amazing. We actually own a property up in northern Idaho on the lake up there in Coeur d'Alene, and Coeur d'Alene, yeah, yeah. To see the property values there in the last three and a half years. I mean, it started a little bit slow. We, we only have owned the home for about three and a half years, but it, it has tripled, if not to the point of quadrupling in value in that short amount of time. And obviously it goes back to what we were discussing earlier. It's just people can live and work much more unique areas now and be more efficient uh, with their time. And it actually, it brings it all back to this point of, you know, Salt Lake City and your struggles in Denver is, the next step for you and really the next step for us is to continue to just be more open to this virtual work environment. You can still be very efficient with your time, 
Studies have even shown that, you know, your, your employees tend to work more from a virtual location. They tend to be more efficient with their time. So it's not something to, you know, try to run away from, you know, it's, it's been widely adopted already. People are enjoying that lifestyle. It should be embraced by many, you know, tech companies out there. And I think it definitely is, particularly in the real estate space, is many, many of them have gone to what we went to, which is where all of engineering and product is remote, and but maybe customer service and support and things like that are are in the office. That's, That's correct. Ex- that's exactly what we did is all of our engineers can choose to work remote if they want to. We do define certain states because obviously we have to be you know, set up in that state for payroll and everything yes. like that. But, you know, overall they can work remote and, and most of our developers are all in Colorado. Anyways, we did start hiring some in Florida and we acquired a company in Alabama last year that has a number of developers. And, and so, you know, they're, they're making great salaries and, and living in Alabama pricing. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's the so, true win, right? That yep. is, that's the true win. That's where and, you, you can get some phenomenal talent that way. For, for sure. And I'm originally from St. Louis, where the average home price is still under $300,000. Uh, and you can live a great lifestyle there. And, and, and you know, if you're, if you're making $100,000 a year as a software developer, you're living high on the hog, for sure, yeah. if you're living in St. Louis. So anyway, well, we are out of time. Oh, bummer. Been- that was fun. That flew by. It's it was great, a great chatting with you. Again, you are listening to Greg Burns. Greg is the co-founder and CEO of Drop Offer. You can learn more at uh, his website, which is it's dropoffer.com, right, Greg? That's correct. Yep. You can Drop. learn more about us there. And there's a contact us page if you want to ever get a hold of me directly. We'll we'll make sure that I get get that message. And find him on LinkedIn. He's pretty accessible. So, well, thanks everybody for listening to Brokerage Insider, the podcast where we interview the leaders of real estate in in real estate and technology. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get alerted each week when we add new episodes. And you can subscribe to the podcast pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, everybody.